Welcome to Connect Canyons, a podcast sponsored by Canyon School District. This is a show about what we teach, how we teach, and why. We get up close and personal with some of the people who make our schools great. Students, teachers, principals, parents, and more. We meet national experts, too. Learning is about making connections. So connect with us. All the world's a stage, and all the men and women merely players. It's a quote you may have heard before, particularly those who are fond of theater. But the beginning of this monologue from William Shakespeare's As You Like It has become a popular turn of phrase understood by many outside of the world of performing arts. It just goes to show that good theater can live on for centuries and can take on new meanings. It's a tradition the Hillcrest Theater Department hopes to continue as they set to lift the curtain on a performance nine years in the making. Welcome to Connect Canyons. I'm your host, Francis Cook. In today's episode, we're talking about a show making its American debut at Hillcrest High School. I'm joined now by Hillcrest Fine Arts teacher Joshua Long. Thank you for joining us. And we have three of our stars from the upcoming shows, The James Plays. I'd like you all to introduce yourselves and who you're going to be portraying in the place. Hi, I'm Mary Wilhite, and I will be portraying the Queen Joan of Scotland. <laughs> yes, you will. Yeah. <laughs> um, you, you. Hi, I'm Gabriel Abbott. I'll be playing um, James, King James II of Scotland. And I'm Austin Beals. I'll be playing James III of Scotland. Well, thank you all for being here. I appreciate you taking the time out of your day. I know with rehearsals and everything, you're all very busy. Mr. Long, let's start with you. Would you tell us what are the James plays? It is a, a trilogy. It's a series of three plays uh, written in 2014 by a playwright named Rona Munro. And uh, they chronicle 67 years of Scottish history um, following the reigns of King James I, King James II, and King James III of Scotland, which is about this, roughly the same time as Henry V, Henry VI, of England, mm -hmm. which a lot of people know a lot of that history, sure. uh, partly because Shakespeare mm -hmm. uh, kind of <laughs> dramatized a that, little bit, uh, right? <laughs> did that for us. And and Rona, who's a Scottish playwright, she um, had you know grown up learning about Scottish history, and there's a lot of crazy stuff that went down in their history, and uh, she uh, wanted to theatricalize that. And put that on stage for people as part of her like Scottish heritage, um, but there was so much stuff that ended up being this trilogy of three different plays that are three very distinct plays. The first play is the reign of King James the first, and it has you know a beginning, middle, and end. It's its own story. And then the second play is James the second and his reign, and the third play is James the third. And they're three very different uh, stories as well as they're written in three very different theatrical styles. Interesting. So they each stand alone and then, but together it tells this, this history of a country and a society. And, and there's a whole bunch of things that she put in that if you see all three, there's a whole bunch of different really cool connections and Easter eggs and things like that. So you don't necessarily have to see all of three to understand them. You can just go see number two. Yeah. They stand alone and then they work as a trilogy. But it's best to see them yeah. in their full entirety. Yeah. Awesome. Now, this has been something you've been trying to do for nine years now. Can you tell us 
what that process was like. Why is this such an important? Yeah. Uh, why is this such an important play set of plays for you? I go to London every summer and I just watch as much theater as I can. And uh, about nine years ago, I went and I saw um, this production. It was being performed at the National Theater in London, which is the Royal National, the theater. Royal National Theater, which, in my the opinion, get. is the greatest theater company yeah. in the world. Um, and I watched all three of them in the same day. They did a, a whole like marathon thing, and I immediately knew that this was something that uh, I wanted our students at Hillcrest to do. It had a whole bunch of elements in it that I think um, are uh, different types of theater that we really like to lean into at Hillcrest. Mm -hmm. um, but it also like demands a large cast and a lot of people, which is why the National Theater had picked up on it because they're one of the few theater companies in the world that can afford um, gigantic casts and, and things like that. Sure. Um, and we had done some things with the National Theater uh, gotten some of their scripts and were some of the, the first national premieres of some of their shows already. So I immediately contacted them and, and they were like, well, of course you got to talk to Rona. She's the one who gives the permission on that. And, uh, eight years ago, she had originally given us permission and said, yes, go ahead and do this. We actually announced this to be on our season eight years ago. And then, um, over the summer, she had, she had some second thoughts and she was like, look, I just think, cause these, and they were, by the way, in England, these plays were a huge hit. Mm. Um, uh, the critic, there was a critic that said, I know this is blasphemy, but these are better than Shakespeare. Wow. Um, and they're a lot more accessible because they're not written in old time. Like, like they're written as if they were in the, the 21st century, the language. And so no these and thous. Exactly. Things, yeah. Like it, it reads very modern, but just like, telling these historical stories, kind of like, like Bridgerton or something like that. You sure. know what I mean? Um, and uh, anyway, so they were a huge hit in England, but no big theater companies in America picked up on them because it was three plays. And literally there's like 54 speaking roles wow. and an ensemble of as many people as you can get. And no one can really afford that. Um and uh, she emailed us the summer, like just a month after she'd originally given us permission and said, because this is going to be the first time anyone outside of the United Kingdom will see this, um, I'm a little bit hesitant because we had entered in a contract where we we're going to cut and adjust some of the language. Sure. Because there's some language that uh, is not permissible on a high school sure. stage in the script. Um, and she said, I'm, I'm, I would really like people to hear these scripts as I originally intended without any of the cuts. And, uh, I said, well, we, we're a high school. We, we have to do those cuts. Mm -hmm. Um, if this is going to work. And she said, okay, I'm gonna, let's wait on this. Let's wait until maybe it gets it done a little bit more. Um, and so I'm sorry, but I'm gonna like revoke that. Now I was so heartbroken because I was like these plays are so great and then we've been chatting pretty much every year since then to see but no theater company have picked up on it because it's so expensive and it's so such a big project yeah. to do um and then finally this last uh april i uh sent her agent a message and said hey we're still here <laughs> can we can we do them and then she like the email literally says oh my gosh this guy won't go away will he and she's like fine <laughs> let him do it let him make their cuts um, she's like, I'll be excited to see it. That's, that's, that'll be cool. 
And uh, so here we are. Way to be persistent. Yeah. That's awesome. Let's bring in some of your thespians here. That's a lot of pressure. How do you guys feel about being the first to perform such a big extravagant show, three shows outside of the UK? It's really, really, really exciting. Um, and it's a great honor that I get to do that. Um, something that he said um, when we like first started working on it was that um, since these are stories that no one's ever heard before, when people think of James the first, second, and third of Scotland, they're going to see um, Gabe Williams' face for the first, his face for the second, and my face for the, se for the third. Um, and that's really exciting. Um, and since no one's heard these stories before, they don't have any preconceived notions about how the story's sure. going to go or what this set should look like. They're coming in completely blind. Takes a bit of that pressure off. A little bit. Yeah. Sure. I also think it's really exciting because um, of our theater department, we have a lot of really good opportunities in this department and our theater teacher obviously just is very like passionate about what we do. And I feel like our department has a lot of um, education and like knowledge on what we're doing. And even if, us as students aren't completely sure what we're doing we can always like trust that he sure. and his like artistic capability will just like guide us through it so mm. i'm really i'm really excited for it that's awesome um yeah i just think it's a really great honor that i get to portray james the second um but i think the main thing i'm worried about is people not knowing these plays and so they're not gonna want to come necessarily because they just they don't know what it is they're like i don't know i don't i don't mm -hmm. really want to go to this sure the james an, place. what is that yeah sure. what is that like what, really? yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. at a high school well, i don't i don't know that what that is mm -hmm. and so i just feel like people are going to be missing out on this great opportunity to see this these great plays and these plays that we've been working on and just putting so much effort in and so much time. Um, yeah. That's... Well, your entire department has quite the uh, the history of perf good performances, so I would imagine that's going to get you guys a little bit of that drive. And like you said, you're putting in so much hard work into it. Tell me a little bit about the work that you're doing. So there are three separate plays. So are you all rehearsing together? Are you rehearsing separately? I mean, there's 120-some-odd there's a, uh, actors. 137 actors, um, 20 crew members, crew members, whole bunch of volunteers, backstage volunteers. Yeah, it's a. What's it's a that grind. look like for you on a on a daily basis when it comes to rehearsals? It's pretty different for each schedule. Like each person's schedule is pretty mm -hmm. individually different. Sure. Um, there's just a lot of different groups that are in these shows and. We have the option to be in multiple shows um, if you were cast in multiple shows as like part of these different groups. So those rehearsal rehearsals might look a little different. And for the speaking roles, there's a little bit of overlap between like shows. You might be in one show and this show, but mm -hmm. you can only be in one. Sure. So the rehearsals are all very individual and 
it's really fun because then you get to work with like a broad spectrum of people and yeah it's just it's not like the same thing every day mm-hmm. like right yeah and some of them like mary's character um in the first play she plays the wife of of king james the first the she's the queen um and then in the second play her character doesn't die at the end of James the first. <laughs> and so in the second place, she actually plays the same character, but as like an older woman, okay. she plays his mother. She plays James the second's mother in that. Um, and so some of them take their characters over the span oh, wow. of multiple plays and, and watch them grow up. So they have to work on multiple, like different physicalities and things sure. to do that. And then like Austin is playing James the third in the third play, but in the first and the second play, he's like in the ensemble playing a, a, a warrior in the army and things like that. So they get to all like do different things and stuff like that. That's got to be quite an undertaking for you as well, especially you playing, you, you may get to play the same person, but we're talking a span of decades in between, right? Experiences to take into consideration of what happens in between the show. There's a lot that happens after the first show that we don't see mm-hmm. that is very crucial for um, Joan, my character. So it takes a lot of work to like figure out, okay, how did that affect her and how am I going to make that visible on stage? Yeah. Something that I'm currently working on. Are, are you growing your beard for your character? <laughs> it's, I'm working on it. <laughs> nice. Very nice. Yeah. There's a lot that goes into this. I mean, your, your physical appearance, you guys had what, two days of just boot camp and sword Something training like and, yeah. I saw acrobatics. Talk about kind of the physicality of it. Okay, so there's several different groups within the show. Um, there's like a, a, an army that he was talking about, and we learned a bunch of like sword technique and footwork and multiple different historically accurate parries, and it's so awesome. And then we have a choreographer that is like going through each little fight and making sure everything is great and awesome. Um, you mean like each individual pairing of yeah. people battling each other on yeah. the battlefield? Yeah. Wow. Um, wow. Very involved, and it's they're so cool. And then we have a nightmare sequence that ha- takes place over the whole first act of his play. Oh, wow. Um, That's cool. And for that, we're doing a bunch of frantic assembly stuff, if you know what that is. Um, Explain that, if you want. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's... Physical theater. Um, <laughs> yeah, using bodies to create... Um, the story. It's, it's not dance. Um, but it's close. It's close to dance. It's, yeah, we've got a cast of without, like, 80 kids that's, like, physically represent James's, like, inner anxiety and fears and nightmares and stuff, and... They're dressed in black and tossing him all over the stage. And yeah, there's a lot of acrobatic stuff involved with that. And that's in the second play. All the like army stuff is in the first play. Mm-hmm. So like I said, each one were kind of different. What's that like for you to be kind of tossed around almost your emotions? Harder than you think. Because <laughs> you just have to be stiff and just <laughs> stay in the same position. You can't be like flopping around. So you're going to. They're going to drop you or... Mm-hmm. They're doing the movement yeah. for you. Yeah, basically. Oh. Probably takes a lot of trust. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the, the weirdest thing... Well, not weird. The most unique thing that, that we've had to do for this one... Because we've done some shows with some of that physical theater stuff. We've done a lot of like fight choreography stuff before. The thing that we've never done before is we have to do like a 10-minute long 
um, medieval football match. Yeah. In, really? in James II. Um, and that's, it's like a mixture. People don't know exactly the rules of how they did it in those time periods. <laughs> sure. But what we know is it's kind of like a mix of rugby mm-hmm. and American football and soccer. Uh, and then wrestling, it all like devolves into a gigantic wrestling match. Um, so we kind of had to like invent that game and then wow. put it on. We've got a group of, of 30 athletes that come in and, and, uh, do this live on stage and the ball's going and, it, and hopefully we're going to keep our audience safe as well as the right. <laughs> but, and then it devolves into this giant brawl and, and it's really cool. And it's been fun, like really figuring that out and, and putting that in. So there's just so many things in here that like a are, lot of elements. Yeah. That's probably yeah. the most exhausting part of the show for me. Really? Yeah. It's cause it's a 10 minute football match or everybody's running at all times mm-hmm. and we're all wrestling and it's just exhausting. Mm-hmm. So you're putting all your skill sets to use. Physical, mental, yeah. learning your lines, reading your fellow actors yeah. across the stage. Yeah. We've talked about how it's a bit of pressure to be the first to be putting these shows on, but it's also a bit freeing because you get to make up your own football game yeah. and, and things like that. Is the is the playwright coming? Do I don't know? know. I don't know. I mean, she lives no in pressure. Scotland, so I don't know. But um, <laughs> but we've been in communication and. Has she been giving you advice, or how how involved has yeah, she been? She worked uh, with us on suggestions for the the text changes mm-hmm. that we need. We said we can't say this word. Mm-hmm. She'd be like, okay, and, and sometimes she'd be like, I don't know, and sometimes she'd be like, why don't you switch it to this? Um, so that's been like kind of the bulk of our communication. Nice, uh, working on this. She got a little bit of free reign with it. That's fun. Yeah, well, I wouldn't say free reign. She's very like she's really great playwright and this is honestly some of the best writing um that i've and we i mean this this i i've directed over a hundred shows at hillcrest and this is honestly every day almost in rehearsal i'm like oh my gosh this writing is so good it's just so um there's a scene that that gabe here has to do uh just minutes after this 10 minute long football game that is uh these two teenage boys that is one of the most like difficult acting scenes that i've ever given to two kids um but it's so cool seeing these young because they're they're characters that actually are teenagers sure um and so like when i saw it in england it was played by you know professional actors in their 30s and stuff and um, but, but watching these two teenage boys do this scene is actually written to be two teenage boys and that something very dramatic happened to in Scottish history based on a true story. Um, it's so cool. Uh, that's kind of like a big surprise ending to the second play. That's. But you're able to provide really cool. that extra layer of depth as teens portraying teens. Yeah. Cause like her character also like was taken from England mm. to marry in, in real history to marry James the first of Scotland as like a, uh, you know, peace treaty oh, right. thing, uh, when she was what, 17 years old. It's cool seeing them in the actual appropriate age, yeah. uh, bracket too. Absolutely. So tickets on sale as of February 8th. Yes. But the third play is almost sold out. It is. Right? Oh, because, well, okay. 
But yes, yes, <laughs> the true answer to that is yes. Uh, because the, the style of the three plays are all very different, we're actually staging the third play in our black, in our black box mm -hmm. uh, theater, which is new. The whole, you know, Performing Arts Center at Hillcrest is very new. Uh, and it's a great place to do theater, but we wanted that one. That story's a little more uh, intimate and, and the relationships, a lot more focus on these like very dynamic and political relationships in part three. And so we're staging that in kind of a more intimate space. There's only, um, I think, 116 seats per night. We're running six nights on that one, but um, the tickets aren't even on sale yet. But yeah, it's already 83% sold out because um, we have season ticket holders mm -hmm. uh, who all bought season tickets at the beginning of the year, uh, back when we were doing Into the Woods. And there was, we have so many season ticket holders, which is so cool and, and great about the community of, of Midvale and their support of, of Hillcrest as a high school in general. Yeah. Um, so yeah, once those tickets go on sale on the 8th, get in there and get them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So again, you can see them separately if you yes. if you choose to, yeah. but you're also combining tickets into a, yeah. a discounted package, is that correct? Yep. Awesome. That'll get you into all three. So final question. And this is for all of you. Other than obviously encouraging people to come see the show, I've heard wonderful things about Hillcrest Theater Department. I'm ashamed to admit I've never been. I never made it over here before really starting uh, my time with Canyons. What do you want people to know about these plays? And what do you want them to know about the importance of performing arts and Hillcrest Theater? These plays have a lot of characters that are not good and that are not mm -hmm. bad. All of these characters have so many layers to them that are just like parts of humanity in every character that I guarantee anyone who comes to see these shows can relate to a part of a character in one way or another. Mm -hmm. So it's not like it's just you're sitting in the audience and watching this nice little play. It's like something that if you want to, you can lean forward and really resonate with these characters and learn something. So I think mm -hmm. that these shows are a great opportunity for people to come and learn something. Yeah. Uh, I would say just more of what she said, that there's no, I like to say there's no good guys and bad guys in these plays. Um, they're all human. They're all, like, they all have really good features about them, and then they all have really awful features about them. Um, and... Every character is that way. Um, I mean, there are some that are more likable than others and some that are more unlikable than others. But right. <laughs> um, as a whole, I cannot, I can't really think of one that I would pin as this is a 100% good person. Sure. The end. Um, kind of like all of us. Yeah. Kind of like every person <laughs> ever. Like you said, it's relatable, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and also with the fact that it's a story that no one's heard before. Um, if you do come and see it, um, leave your heart open and allow the story that you've never heard before to really hit you and listen to it and learn, let, let Rona teach you some things. She will. <laughs> yeah. I would even say like all of the Jameses, even though they're like, the plays are based around James the first, James the second, and James the third, none of them do really any good things. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. He's not wrong. Want like, people to come see this. <laughs> I mean, they have flaws. Yes, <laughs> they do. 
very many. Yeah, and something that Rona put into these, she really researched the history and, and fleshed out the stories of not just the three Jameses, but all of the women in their lives um, and that, that sometimes get lost in history. Mm -hmm. um, and she fleshed out a, a lot of these really great female characters around that, that um, are a variety of, of people as well. On the on the range of like good good to bad as far as like um, people. The thing that I would say about these plays is kind of a little bit similar to what Austin said, which is just like I think it's so great that I'm that audiences that see this won't know what's going to happen. And I think lots of times nowadays with theater, uh, we find that audiences want to come see theater that they're already familiar with like stories they already know, or like, we know The Little Mermaid, we know like things, they've seen the movie, or they've seen this, and so they come to theater a lot of times now knowing how the story's gonna end, yeah. and that's why they come see it, because they already like, like that, which is great. The opportunity that we have here with James, the audiences have, is to experience something that they probably don't know what's gonna happen at the end, which is a whole other type of experience, yeah. especially because Americans are not very familiar with Scottish history. Like, even when it was at the National in London, a lot of the British people who saw it were familiar with some of these things. So like when William Douglas comes out, they're like, oh, we know what happened to William Douglas. Whereas our audiences are going to be like, what? And they'll be able to be taken on that ride, which I think is so cool. Yeah. And I hope our audiences are keep an open mind to having kind of a new experience and and sit forward and and experience these stories that they they are probably not familiar with, which is, I think is really cool. Like you said, come with an open heart, learn something. Well, these shows sound phenomenal. I'm going to probably, what time do tickets start so I can? 7 a.m. 7 a.m., okay. Yep. I'm going to log right in. Uh, part one jump. opens on February 23rd. Okay. Part two opens on February 29th. And then part three opens on March 14th. Um so yeah, they're not all like the same weekend. Sure. So you can like spread it out. Take a deep breath. There is a day, uh, March second, that you can see a matinee of part one and then the night show of part two. No pressure. If yeah, yeah, for her that's going to be a big day. <laughs> but yeah, the whole calendar is at uh, hillcresttheater.com. Perfect. And that's where you get. And that's tickets. where you go get tickets as well. Yes. Thank you all so much for being here. I feel like I've already learned so much about these plays, what's going into them. I can't wait to see them. I hope you all go and see them as well. Uh, thank you. I appreciate you being here. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for watching and listening. Uh, if there's a topic you'd like to hear discussed, send us an email to communications at canyonsdistrict.org. Thanks for listening to this episode of Connect Canyons. Connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at Canyons District, or on our website, canyonsdistrict.org.